This is a story about me losing my mother when I was 13 years old. To be honest, it's something that in my life I've not spoken about too much. There's a lot of people who know me for a long time and I've, I never mentioned that my mother died when I was 13. And, um, you know, the reason isn't that important. What's important is it's time, I think, for me to share the story and to share my my story involving it. Um, I think by asking people, other people to share their story, it's important for me to share mine too. My mum's name was Ruth and, you know, she was an incredible mother. I know everyone says it and, you know, it's the cliche of the world, but it's true for me. You know, she was an unbelievable mother. When I was younger, I had a lot of issues socially. I struggled to make friends. I always kind of stood out and she did everything she could to help me to become somebody who could engage in society and be treated with respect. She took me to places to learn better social skills. She did all sorts and always made me feel loved, even when the world around me felt like people didn't like me or found me annoying or didn't want to be my friends. I always felt loved in my life, and that was because of her. Whenever I wanted to pursue things in life, you know, she would help me, you know, like she always supported me, even when it was obviously not going to work out. I mean... I wanted a pool table. She, you know, I used my money, so to speak, from Christmas or whatever, but she helped me get it. She, like, fought for me to have a pool table. Um, she, When I wanted a dog, I ended up with a dog. When I loved singing, she bought me a karaoke set. When I wanted to learn the piano, she bought me a keyboard and I got mute piano lessons. And then, you know, each of these hobbies, by the way, I think, you know, having a dog isn't a hobby, but you know, I would fail in these hobbies. They were disasters. I can't play the piano. I'm a terrible singer. Most people beat me at pool. But she didn't care because that's what I wanted at the time. So she supported me. She wanted me to help me succeed in whatever I wanted to do to help me pursue any fa- uh, passion I wanted to, to to try and achieve and to become good at. And it was the same when I was playing football. She took me to football trials, buy me football kits. Even when we were struggling financially as a family, she supported me. She truly wanted to make the world a better place. Um, You know, she was such an incredible person. You know, she was a feminist. She believed in women's rights and she would always fight for that. And, you know, when we were young, we were in the Beavers. She became a Beavers leader because she didn't just take her kids places and drop them off and go home and have a nap. She would actively also help other kids and want to be involved in any way she could she really did give to society I remember like at school there was a a letter sent to every parent about the school counsellors for this year in a school of 600 kids and the only school counsellor was my mum the only parent who decided to become a school counsellor was my mum she was so active in trying to make the world a better place it's difficult to explain how much she wanted to be a positive force in the world and how much of an idol she is to me in that respect about how she had her values and she pursued her values every day. When she saw someone sitting in the street, she got them food. It's difficult to really explain how much of a personification she is for me of somebody who just lived by her values and she was amazing. You know, she would bring me and my friends ice cream and drinks when we were um, playing football and stuff again you know it was just above and beyond stuff every time she was an incredible mum and an incredible person the story of her passing started when I was 11 she was diagnosed with breast cancer and to be honest because I was 11 I was shielded from 
I mean, I barely remember any of it. I remember she lost her hair. Um, but I just remember her, you know, I remember like she had a breast removed. To be honest with you, though, pretty much everything from my end at the time, I thought, oh, well, it happened. And every time she was ill, I was at my granddad's. So I never really experienced, you know, it, in any kind of real way. I just remember she was ill, then she got better. And I even remember at the time, like afterwards, thinking, oh, well, cancer doesn't seem that bad. I think cancer's a bit overrated. You know, obviously I was a kid, like 11. You know, I just thought, oh, people always make a big deal out of cancer, but my mum had it and she recovered. Maybe it's not as scary as, you know, people say it is. But that changed and it changed pretty quickly. By the end of me being around 12, she was diagnosed with cancer again. And I remember something not quite being right. Um, I remember being bought McDonald's and I remember being in my house and there was my dad, my grandparents. And um, whenever they got me McDonald's, I knew something was up. Um, And I remember being told, your mum has cancer again. And I said, is it the same as last time? And I kept on asking the question because at that age, I was starting, even though you're only a little bit older, I was starting to get intuition. I was starting to be able to read rooms and understand situations a little bit more and use my gut. Even at that age, you do start to have a bit more about you. You develop quickly, right? And I remember thinking, this is not the same. Even though they kept on saying, it's the same, it's the same, she's ill, but she can get better. I could feel it wasn't the same. I could I could smell it, that things were not the same, that this was different, that there was a real problem. Of course, there was a real problem. She hadn't been diagnosed with breast cancer again. She'd been diagnosed with cancer all over her body. It was terminal. You know, it, was a ma- it wasn't a matter of if, it was a matter of when. And after that, you know, she lived for nine months, and which is just, it was well above the amount of time that um, she was expected to live for. And even now, you wonder, you know, was that partly because she wanted to stay alive for a family? I, I have this kind of like selfish belief I don't know if it's selfish or self-centered or whatever, or but it feels like, you know, she just lived on and on and fought every second she was alive to stay alive. They expected her to be alive for a month or two, bear in mind. But in those nine months, I saw her every day after school when she was in the hospice and it became tiring. Um, you know, as a kid, again, I was very tired. I was, I just wanted to play football. I wanted to do all the things that kids always want to do. And... I didn't, I think even though I understood, I don't remember when exactly I realized she was going to die, but there was a moment I knew very well that she was going to pass away. And I still didn't really understand, I think. Like, I understood it, I understood the idea, I understood the point, but I didn't truly, I think, appreciate what it meant. And it was impossible until it happened to know. But, you know, I remember sometimes she was in hospital And when she was in hospital, we had to stay at my grandparents or we had to stay at my auntie's. And even then, it was tough being away from home for so long. As a kid, it just wasn't something I was used to. At times, I felt like, I mean, they were amazing. So don't, you know, my grandparents and my auntie were incredible and so loving and supporting. But, you know, I missed being home. I missed being somewhere where I wasn't meant to be. You know, it was difficult. And then when I did see my mum, which was most days to my memory, I was watching her slowly decline and, you know, because you see someone day after day, you don't necessarily notice it as much, but there was a decline, you know, and then now I've been told details about how, you know, she went blind in one eye, you know, she almost had to have a leg amputated 
you know, she was going through real struggle and pain and the physical changes that happened to her in retrospect, when I see the pictures are, in, are incredible and tell a story of somebody who was really suffering, but staying alive for a family. That's how it feels to me. The last time I saw her alive, I remember the moment, the last moment she was saying my name and Richard and Christopher, my brothers as well. And I just remember it. It's like this picture in my brain of her saying it. And I found out years later that um, she, she was writing a card for me for my 18th birthday. And obviously I didn't find that until I was 18. And opening that up and receiving a message from somebody that had been long gone. Uh, it was really difficult, um, but amazing at the same time to feel that moment and to realize what I saw in that moment. It just reiterated how much she loved me and how lucky I, I was to have had a mum who was so incredible. And, med- and, you know, it's difficult to put into words. And yeah, she was amazing. And I could feel in that moment how much she loved me. To be honest, my mother's passing was also is also a story of regret. Um, you know, I remember the evening that last time I saw her, my dad asked me if I wanted to go back to the hospice to go and hang out there for a bit. I said, no, I, was, I just wanted to play games. I know it sounds ridiculous, but, you know, I was a kid. I was 13 at this point. Um, and I just was tired. I just wanted to stay home and relax. And then I remember you know, being told the next two days after that, I think, after playing a game of football, that, um, yeah, she was about to die. And even then, even that it started to really click into place how real this was. But even then, I don't think I could truly appreciate what it meant. That day, uh, we went to see my mum. She couldn't, she couldn't speak, but and technically she was asleep, but she could hear us. And we knew she could hear us because she let us know when we were leaving. She started to like make noises for us to stay. Um, again, you know, it, it's difficult. Obviously, my dad loves me immensely as well. But it's like uh, these moments just reiterate to me how much she loved me and Christopher and my dad. Um, and how much we loved her too. I remember her mum, my nana, leaving. And I remember her screaming, crying. And I, she was always a very dignified woman to me and um to see her like that was obviously she never lost any dignity but I just mean you know in that moment you could see how much pain she was in I'd never seen that side of her and yeah that started again to reiterate this is real but I know I didn't truly appreciate how real it was because I remember the next day uh my dad went into my room and said Richard we've got to go to the hospice and I went back to sleep I remember him waking me up again like, Richard, we've got to go, um, but in a very nice way. And obviously we get there. I think, you know, again, we were late maybe because of me. I don't know. Um, again, a story of regret to an extent, all these things. I regret not going back that night to see my mum after the last time I saw her awake. I regret not waking up earlier. Maybe we could have caught her still alive. I don't know. Um, I've never asked these questions. So I don't know if I want to know the answers, to be honest with you. But what I, when we got there, I remember walking in the door and them saying, you know, 
she's passed away. And in that moment, there was like a silence, this, this long second of silence. And in that moment, I heard in my head, you will never speak to her again. And yeah, it was, you know, obviously a very mournful period, a lot of crying. It was tough at that moment. It finally became real. You will never speak to your mother again. It's difficult to comprehend that idea until it happens. But when it happens, it's real. Um, and it's tough. The following years were also probably some of the toughest of my life. Um, I was lonely. I had to suppress feelings. I I kind of started like a second childhood, you know. Uh, it became a very different period for me in my life. And, you know, yeah, it was horrible. I felt, I felt isolated. I, I missed my mum immensely. Even when I didn't really know I was missing my mum, I, I missed having her in my life and what she brought for me, what she gave to me. And even though there were people around me who did amazing things, all around, all my family were incredible. It was still a really tough time. So at this point, you're probably thinking this isn't a very happy story, right? But I'm actually telling this story because even though it is not a happy story, there was happiness to be found again in my life. And not just in my life, but also with my mum. I feel only one feeling when I think of my mum now and that is gratitude and that gratitude developed by time and I know that people who are in pain people who are suffering loss they hate hearing those words time will heal you it's terrible it's annoying everybody says it I need help now but the truth is no one can help you now in a meaningful significant way more than time can Time brings healing and now after so much time I know how lucky I am to have had a mum like her. I know how amazing she was and I I feel happiness when I think of her. I think of the memories, the commitment she gave to me and I'm so grateful for all of that. So what I want you to know is from this story is if you are somebody who is struggling, somebody who is having suffering loss then please know that this story can apply to you too that it might be terrible now there is no immediate solution but in time you can heal and one day you can do more than heal you can look back at the person who you've lost and feel happiness enjoy and know that that person you're lucky to have had that person in your life and you can feel genuine gratitude and not feel pain and that's why I wanted to share this story. And that's why I believe that this is an amazing journey that we can all go on. That sharing stories can help people to understand other people, to understand other cultures, but to also understand what's going on in their own lives and realize that they're not always alone in their journeys and that there can be something better on the other end. And I hope that this story can bring something to you, the listener, or somebody you know, or maybe just give yourself some kind of context to think about things who might happen in your future. I don't know, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. And um, I hope you really enjoyed the story and, or at least, you know, um, we're able to get something from it. Thank you.